We're in the last portion of the book of Genesis, Parshat Vayechi, and he lived. In chapter 48, Joseph brought his two sons to his elderly father. Before Jacob passed away, he was going to bless the two young men. We will begin in verses 5 and 6. And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt, before I came unto thee in Egypt, are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. And thy issue, which thou begettest after them, shall be thine, and shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. Joseph was Jacob's favorite son. The scripture clearly says this, and that favoritism helped fuel the division between Joseph and Joseph's brothers. It was a division that was so volatile that the brothers considered taking Joseph's life. Now, at the end of his life, Jacob continued to place Joseph above his brothers. Did Jacob not remember what had happened these past few years? Did he not recall Joseph being sold into slavery because of jealousy? Did he not remember going 20 years without seeing his son? How could he continue to show favoritism? But perhaps there's something else going on here. Perhaps his actions are sustained not simply by favoritism, but by something much more profound and something more noble. Notice the next verse, verse 7. As for me, when I came from Padan, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan in the way, when yet there was but a little way to come unto Ephrath, and I buried her there in the way of Ephrath, the same as Bethlehem. Why did Jacob mention Rachel in this passage? Rachel does not seem to fit in with the rest of the conversation. Could it be that Jacob's relationship with Rachel can explain Jacob's actions in Genesis chapter 48? Perhaps Rachel is the reason that Ephraim and Manasseh received the extra blessing. Perhaps Rachel is the reason that many things happened between Joseph and his father. Let's review the connections between Rachel and Jacob. Turn first to Genesis chapter 29. Jacob is running from his brother and meets Rachel at the well. Jacob stays at Laban's house. We read in Genesis 29 verses 18 through 20. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to thee than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had for her. Jacob loved Rachel. Seven years of hard work seemed as if it was only a few days. He really loved her. But Jacob's uncle tricked him, and Jacob wound up marrying Leah instead. Jacob was unhappy, and Laban consented that he could marry the other daughter as well. We read in verse 30 again that Jacob loved Rachel more than Leah and served Laban another seven years. What love Jacob had for this woman that he would work not just seven, but 14 years. The first seven years flew by, but he was so determined to marry the love of his life that he worked another seven. This is how strongly he felt about her. The Almighty blessed Leah with children, and Rachel was jealous and upset. Chapter 30, verses 1 and 2 tell us, And when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said to Jacob, Give me children or else I die. And Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel, and he said, Am I in God's stead, who has withheld from thee the fruit of the womb? This was part of their relationship. Rachel wanted children. She did not just want children. She longed for children with a passion. She said she would die if she didn't have children. Jacob was frustrated with this situation, 
and the fact he, that he was ultimately powerless to resolve the problem, but the importance of Rachel having children was very clear to him. The love of his life wanted children. Eventually, she is blessed with a child. In chapter 30, verses 22 through 24, we see, And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. And she conceived and bare a son, and said, God hath taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, and said, Yahweh shall add to me another son. Rachel named the baby Joseph. The naming of the baby was an act of faith. She believed that the Almighty would give her another son, which indeed he did do. Jacob worked for Laban for another six years. Jacob left in the middle of the night with his wives and his children to get away from Laban. We see in chapter 31, verse 19, And Laban went to shear his sheep, and Rachel had stolen the images that were her father's. Laban returned to see Jacob and his family gone. Laban chased after them. He was furious, and he asked Jacob, Why have you stolen my gods? Jacob answered Laban in chapter 31, verse 32. With whomsoever thou findest thy gods, let him not live. Before our brethren discern thou what is thine, and take it to thee. For Jacob knew not that Rachel had stolen them. Laban never found the images. Rachel hid them. In chapter 35 of Genesis, Jacob arrived at the promised land, though he's not exactly settled in. In verses 2 through 4, the scripture records, Then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean and change your garments. And let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave to Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand, and all the earrings which were in the ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak, which was by Shechem. Jacob took the idols away from his household. Did Rachel give him an idol? Did she show him that she had stolen it? And Jacob had pronounced a death sentence on whosoever had taken the idols from Laban just a few chapters before. And now, just a few chapters later, Verses 16 through 19, we read, And they journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little way to come to Ephrath. And Rachel travailed. She had hard labor. And it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said unto her, For now thou shalt have this son also. And it came to pass as her soul was in departing, for she died, that she called his name Benoni. But his father called him Benjamin. And Rachel died and was buried in the way to Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. Rachel died. Jacob lost the love of his life. Did Jacob feel that Rachel's death was a result of his vow to Laban? Did Jacob feel guilty over the death of his beloved wife? The wife that he had worked 14 years for? We're going to address that more in a few moments. In chapter 37, Jacob is now, jo uh, Joseph is now 17. Chapter 37, verse 3 and 4 read, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. Yes, Jacob loved Joseph more than all the other children. That's very clear. And he gave him a special coat. The other sons were jealous. His favoritism fueled this hatred. Why was Joseph called the son of his old age? Why was Benjamin not the son of his old age? Possibly because the birth of Joseph is associated with Jacob being happily married to his beloved wife. It's associated with his wife getting the one thing she needed to live, children. 
She had said, give me children or I die. Benjamin, on the other hand, suffered very different birth circumstances. Rachel died at Benjamin's birth. Jacob had changed the name of Benjamin at his birth so he wouldn't remember the pain, the suffering, the death. Jacob tried to sever the association of Benjamin with Rachel's death. It was too painful. So Joseph is the son of his old age, not Benjamin. In fact, even though Jacob did change Benjamin's name, that child will always be the son of his sorrow. The famine spread through the land. Joseph's brothers went down to Egypt to buy grain, and Simeon was held as collateral in prison. In chapter 43, one year later, the brothers were told by their fathers by their father that they must get more food. Jacob was willing for all his sons to go to Egypt except Benjamin. Simeon was already missing. Jacob had been told that Simeon was in prison, but Jacob had his suspicions about his other sons. He didn't, He did not know for certain that Simeon was still alive. Jacob feared for the life of Benjamin. So Jacob was willing to risk all of his children to go down again to Egypt, except Benjamin. Again, Rachel's children appear to have a special place in his heart, and very clearly they do. When all the sons finally went down with Benjamin, Joseph plotted to arrest Benjamin. Judah stepped forward. Judah pleaded with the governor of Egypt for Benjamin's release. In chapter 44, verse 20, Judah explained, And we said unto my Lord, We have a father, an old man, and a child of his old age, a little one. And his brother is dead, and he alone is left of his mother, and his father loves him. Yes, Joseph had been the favorite son. He had been, without question. But at this point, Benjamin is the favorite. All the sons could go down. All the brothers could risk their lives, but not Benjamin. He was the favorite. He was the child of the old age. He was the only one from his mother, and the father loved him. Benjamin was a favorite. Rachel's sons were always the favorites. Joseph finally revealed himself to his brothers. In chapter 45, when he sent them back to get their father, he gave them each gifts. Chapter 45, verses 21 through 22 read, And the children of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons according to the commandment of Pharaoh. He gave them provisions for the way. To all of them he gave each man changes of raiment. To Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of raiment. Joseph showed favoritism to his brother Benjamin in the faces of their other brothers. And then he adds a comment, don't fall out, don't fight along the way. What do you mean, don't fall out, don't fight? Do you mean don't sell one of your brothers into slavery because of jealousy like you did 20 years ago because of the favorite brother? Why, Joseph, are you showing favoritism to Benjamin in front of our faces again? Yes, there was a long history of favoritism, first for Joseph, then for Benjamin. It appears to be really rooted in Jacob's relationship with his wife, Rachel. Now, we're back where we began at Genesis 48. We're going to read again verses 5 through 7. And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt, before I came unto thee in Egypt, are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. And the issue which thou begettest after them shall be thine, and shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. As for me, when I came from Padan, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan, in the way, when yet there was but a little way to come unto Ephrath, and I buried her there in the way of Ephrath, the same as Bethlehem. Why was Jacob saying this? Why did he bring up Rachel? Rachel died 
by me. Rachel died because of me. Why did Jacob say that? Is it that he felt guilt for decades and was trying to make it up for his poor beloved wife who was now deceased? Rachel wanted nothing more than to have children. And because of Jacob's curse, she died in the very act of giving birth to children, at least in his mind. So Jacob said, these two children are mine, just like my other children. You, Joseph, are the son of Rachel. I'm taking your two children as Rachel's children. It is as if she really didn't die when Benjamin was born, and she had these two more children. Was this the way Jacob tried to deal with the pain of speaking such hasty words that may have caused his, beloved's wife, his beloved wife's death? So we hear, see here that Rachel may be a big part of why Joseph was a favorite child. Not just Jacob's love for Rachel, but Jacob's guilt over the death of Rachel. In verse 22, that's chapter 48 still, verse 22, Jacob added, Moreover, I have given thee one portion above thy brethren, which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword, with my bow. One portion above your brethren. What does that mean? The double portion was for the firstborn. But Reuben was the firstborn. But Reuben should not have been the firstborn. Joseph should have been the firstborn. Jacob should have married Rachel and not her sister Leah. Rachel should have been his, at least his first wife and maybe his only wife. And Joseph should have been firstborn and Joseph should get the firstborn portion, a double portion. It seems that everything ties in with Rachel. Years ago, when Jacob had given Joseph a coat of many colors, Joseph paraded it in front of his brothers. Even if Joseph didn't intend to, it's hard to wear such a coat and hide it at the same time. At least when Jacob blessed these two young men, when he gave Joseph this double portion, when he took Joseph's two sons as his own, Jacob did it in private. And yet, how long can such a thing be hidden? Surely everyone would find out and know, and everyone would see that Joseph was still the favorite. But yet, there's something even more important to keep in mind, something even more important than, his, than Jacob's relationship with Rachel. In chapter 48, verse 10, we see that Israel could not see because his eyes were dim. Joseph brought his two sons to Jacob for the blessing. Joseph positioned his sons in the right order for a blessing. But something strange happened. Verse 14 reads, And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid on Ephraim's head, who was the younger, in his left hand, a Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was a firstborn. Jacob crossed his arms and pronounced the firstborn blessing on the younger son, and the firstborn son received the blessing for the older son. Joseph was unhappy with this. Joseph complained, and he lifted his father's hand off the head of Ephraim to move it to Manasseh. In verse 19, Jacob replied, and his he replied, and his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know. He shall also be a people. He shall also be great, but truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. How did Jacob know which son was going, was in front of him on each side if he was blind? How did Jacob know which son would be a great nation? How did Jacob know the future? Jacob guided his hands wittingly, knowingly, purposefully, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21, we read, By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. Jacob's blessing for the two boys was not really an act of favoritism. 
It was not an act of, of penitence over feeling guilt about his wife's death. Jacob's blessing was an act of faith. It was a service to God. This becomes even clearer in chapter 49 of Genesis. The sons are blessed by Jacob before he dies. Most of the sons have just a few words spoken. Joseph's blessing is longer than any of the other sons. In fact, the number of words dedicated for Joseph's blessing, when added to the number of words for the blessing of Judah, is half of all the words for the 12 brothers. And this doesn't even include the blessing for Joseph's two sons. Is this because of favoritism? Look at the words. In chapter 49, verse 10, we read, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh cometh, and unto him shall the gathering of his people be. This is a prophecy of Messiah. Is this favoritism? No, it is a prophecy the Messiah would come from Judah. The same is true for the blessings for the other tribes. The words that Jacob spoke are words that God instructed him to speak. In fact, Jacob began his blessings with the following words in Genesis chapter 49, verse 1. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen at the end of time. Are these words of favoritism? No. Are these words because of his relationship with his wife? No. These are words of prophecy. These are words that were given by God himself. So yes, Jacob had a favorite son. Yes, Jacob's relationship with his wife influenced his relationship with his other sons. Yes, in this closing passage of Genesis, it sounds like Jacob is still showing favoritism. But we see that God is the one who ultimately chose Joseph and his sons to set them on high in the tribes of Israel. Joseph spoke words not of favoritism, but words of faith.